Hi, everyone. Welcome to Lead at Work and at Home. My name is Mark Greenberg, and I am thrilled that you have decided to hit the play button and join me on this inaugural voyage. This podcast has been a long time in the making. I have put this off and put this off basically out of fear, out of anxiety, out of worry, but I'm here and I've hit the record button and I hope that you can stick around with me and really take something away from this podcast. The first question I want to ask is why would we need yet another podcast? And I've thought about that for a very long time. And the best way for me to answer that question is for me to really give you insight into a conversation I had with my 13-year-old son at the start of the school year. I have three kids, a 16-year-old who's a sophomore in high school, Charlie, my middle guy, who's graduating eighth grade this year, and Hannah, our 10-year-old, who I'm afraid of. She's the only kid in my life that I fear, but she's pretty awesome, and I wouldn't change her for, for anything in the world. And I have this amazing wife, Abby, who have been married for 18 years, and she is an educator and works with kids with pretty serious learning disabilities. So she's, she's the champion of our house. But this conversation with Charlie was centered around what his hopes and dreams were for his eighth grade year. It was really trying to set the tone and figure out what are his goals as he's finishing up his eighth grade year, moving on to high school. So I asked him, I said, Charlie, what are your hopes and dreams this year? And of course, like any smart-ass 13-year-old would say is, Dad, you're 47. What are your hopes and dreams? And I went silent. I, I had no answer. I've been at a bit of a crossroads in my career. I feel like I'm coming off the pandemic funk, which I think you can relate to. My goal in my career where it was headed was, was derailed a bit. The, the places that I wanted to go, the opportunities that I had started to create for myself all evaporated. This is not a pity party for me. This is not feel sorry for me. This is just my reality. And it took me a really long time. It took me battling some mental health stuff over the last 18 months to really recognize that the world offers us so many opportunities. And yes, it's okay to feel down, but at some point you do need to pick yourself back up off the ground and just start somewhere. And this is where I'm starting. I've spent my whole life educating people with the whole focus on developing social and emotional competencies, whether it was my job as a teacher and athletic director, whether I served as owner and director of a summer camp that was started by my father in 1994, and then lately working with C-level executives in a myriad of settings from law firms to franchise businesses to universities to schools. I love coaching, and I hope that this podcast is going to be centered around how do we navigate those tricky relationships with the people in our lives? Because when we don't, the stress, the anxiety, the shame becomes profound. And I don't know about you, but when I yell at my kids, I feel pretty shitty about it. And then I kind of beat myself up and wondering if I could have done something different. That's what this podcast is about. I am an imperfect being. I do not have all the answers. I only have ideas that I've used that are successful. I will also be open and honest and share with you my failures, my challenges. I am ready in my life at the age of 47 to become vulnerable. And the only way that I know how to do that is to share. We are, we are wired to keep things in. In particular, men, let's be honest. We don't talk about our feelings. 
when you spend 15 years though on a couch in a, in a, in therapy, you learn how to talk about your feelings. As my wife will say, I might be too much in touch with my feelings. I might be too aware of myself, but it's been a world of a difference learning more about me. And I hope that this podcast will give you the avenue to learn about yourself and then ultimately use some of those tools and skills to empower the people in your life. So let's dig in. 21st century skills, children, employees, cross-generational workforces. It's hard. You take a corporation that might have a baby boomer as an owner in their 70s. You might have a Gen X as a middle manager. And you might have a millennial as an associate or employee. That's really hard. Take a family. You might be a parent who's in their late 30s, early 40s, who now is trying to keep up and manage a 16-year-old or a 10-year-old or a 5-year-old. That discrepancy in years, the challenges it takes, the language, the lack of clarity in how we are interpreting things from whether it's auditory words we're using, whether it's nonverbal cues. We all struggle with this. So the best way to change negative behavior to positive behavior is to learn to use positive language. And I believe, and I'm going to take you through over the next several episodes, I will share with you different anecdotes and different words and phrases that you can use that I think can maybe not necessarily change behavior because it's not our job to change someone else's behavior. It's our job to give them the tools and skills that they need that they can change their own behavior. And as a parent, I am really guilty sometimes of trying to overpower my child. Just this morning, my kid who I love to death, her name is Hannah. She's 10. Hi, Hannah. She loves Nutella, loves Nutella. Matter of fact, I am considering purchasing stock in Nutella. I'm not sure who makes it, but I think, I think if we did that, we could probably make a lot of money. But she loves Nutella. And for the last several weeks, her breakfast has consisted of apples and Nutella. However, my wife and I are concerned about the sugar intake in Nutella. So this morning we said, you cannot have Nutella. And what do you think happened? That's right. Mount Rushmore exploded and it became uh, a power struggle. And she ended up leaving the house, not eating breakfast. So there was a case of me trying to power her and convince her on what she should do. Now, tomorrow when we have a conversation, (laughs) I might just give her Nutella. Or tonight when we're talking, we might pre-plan and look at some options that she can have so we don't get to that point in the morning. Employees, same thing. The best way for you to motivate an employee is to begin noticing things. And I will use the word notice a lot in this episode because I think it's a really important one. When we notice things, the small things, when I say to my wife, you got a haircut today or wow, those are a new pair of jeans. That's more meaningful than me giving her a three carat diamond ring, I think. Although I think my wife does like three carat diamond rings. So maybe I should consider getting her a 1.5 diamond ring, recognizing her hair and her jeans, and then cooking her dinner. That might be a really good idea, but I'll have to think about that. But when we notice people at work and we notice our kids at home, it changes the game plan. Here are a few examples. 
when your child's having a hard time at home, instead of you telling them what they're doing wrong, you're doing this wrong, you're doing that wrong, you're doing this wrong, try to use this. Hey, I noticed you're having a hard time with that math problem right now. What do you think? Or, hey, I noticed right now you're really upset. What's going on? And by me leaving those questions open, by me not just giving them a a place to answer yes or no, are you okay? No. Are you upset? Yes. By me providing an open-ended question, that allows them to think. And even though they might not give me an answer at that moment in time, it at least opens the door for me as a parent to follow up with a future conversation. Let's flip it now to your employees. Hey, I noticed you came in late to work today. What happened? Are you okay? Hey, I noticed that those reports that were due at 12 o'clock today didn't come in until three. What happened? Most people, when you ask them these questions and these prompts, they will give you their open, honest answer. Why? Because most people are inherently good. Most employees want to do a good job. Most children want to please their parents. And yet sometimes we as parents and leaders don't give them those opportunities. The great thing about this, though, is you can flip it. It's not just negativity. Hey, Charlie, I noticed today when you were walking into school, you put your arm around your sister and really walked her in and made sure that she got in okay. That was amazing. Great job. Or if you're at work, hey, I noticed you stayed past five o'clock today to do some extra work today. An amazing job. Keep up the good work. When we say things like that and we validate and acknowledge how people feel and how we recognize, it allows us to further deepen our relationship to them. Because the next time that there's a challenge or a hiccup, if I just gave a positive comment and that person has already respected the things that I've said and noticed, my opinion becomes that much more important. And by doing that, there's a far better chance that I will raise their return on, return on my investment or I'll raise their ability to want to do better because I am recognizing and noticing these very things. The opposite is if we don't notice things, if we don't pay attention, our kids, they stop coming up to us. I'm very guilty of this. I have, as I said, I have three kids. And sometimes when my middle guy goes in his room on his phone and is looking at TikTok, Snapchat, whatever, whatever they're, I hope there's nothing inappropriate on there, but whatever, whatever they're doing, I stop paying attention. Why? Because I'm so caught up in my own world. I'm struggling with something. So when I don't notice him or I leave him to his own devices, well, of course he's going to go away. But here's where I think we can do better. It's the recovery. We can beat ourselves up. We can destroy ourselves for not meeting our own expectations. But that doesn't do us any good. That doesn't serve us. When I make mistakes, and I make a lot of mistakes, even if it's misplacing my keys, I go to that negative self-talk. I don't give myself the same credit I would give someone else. So when we make the mistakes with the people in our lives, our children, our employees, recovery is everything. So when I yell at my kids, yeah, I yelled at them. They're going to be fine. They're, they, they will, they're resilient. They have grit. Sometimes they're probably thinking, I don't give a shit what he says right now, and they just totally check out. But once I do yell at them, 
it is imperative that I circle back and acknowledge what I did. And it might look like this. Hey, Charlie, you might have noticed that I got really upset earlier. And I just want to let you know, I could have handled that differently. And I'm really, really sorry. Again, I'm validating my child because my child has things that are important to them and things that they need from the adults in their lives to realize that we are imperfect beings. I was talking to a friend the other day about starting this podcast. And I said, I've been hitting the record button 50 times trying to find the perfect words. And my friend Mark, who's on my son's soccer team, his father said, just hit the record button and talk and whatever happens, happens. And that's kind of what I'm doing. I just hit the record button because I don't want to be perfect anymore. I want to realize that I am, I am, I have uh, mistakes I make. I, I'm going to fumble words. I'm going to have hiccups. But I know if I keep putting this off or if I keep putting things off in my life, before I know it, they're going to pass me by. And I don't want to do that anymore. I want to plow through things. I want to knock the walls over. And I realize that for all of us, this is a really hard concept because at some point in the last year and a half, we've all been stuck. Let's get unstuck. Let's really try to push through those walls and those barriers and those obstacles and do it with grace and passion and imperfection. And when we do make mistakes, that's okay. We can acknowledge those too. But this is all predicated on us being able to connect with other people. And I want to just cite a really cool place that I've been able to learn, and that's called Responsive Classroom. Responsive Classroom is a teacher's program that focuses on social-emotional development in classrooms. Translated, it's really meant to build a community in classrooms. And I'm going to share with you what the objectives are of that program. And as I'm sharing this with you, I want you to think about your work in your family and see if any of the things I'm going to say resonate with you because I think we can take a huge cue from amazing managed and led classrooms in the way that we guide our people. 21st century skills, using effective language, promoting social growth, encouraging engagement with meaningful choices, starting a day that sets a positive tone. I mean, gosh, this morning I was grumpy I did not go in and say good morning to my kids. I think the first thing I said is, get out of bed. Let's go. That's not a good way to start the day. If my wife said that to me, oh, my wife does say that to me, but <laughs> but I probably deserve it. Setting high expectations, routines. Routines provide autonomy and independence. And then ultimately, it's a sense of purpose. It's creating a community. And that's what we want to do. And all of this to me is centered around critical thinking. It's giving people an opportunity for them to develop their own set of skills and competencies. It's really easy to give someone the answer. It's way more challenging to ask an open-ended question and let them figure out the answer. But again, this is all centered around positive language. And today I wanna to just thank you for joining me today on our inaugural episode. I love feedback. And as I said, I am committed to this. I'm going to give it a go. I'm not sure what the outcome is going to be, but I am going to do everything I can to continue to hit the record button, as well as invite some guests on our show to learn a little bit about them and their challenges and their areas of growth. But at the same time, 
find meaningful ways that we can all work together. If you want to get in touch with me or leave me notes or have other topics for future shows, please email me at mark, M-A-R-K, at elevatedleader.com. And you can also check out my website where I am doing some really cool speeches right now. And my most popular one is everything I learned about parenting and leadership I learned from camp. You can find that website at www.elevatedleader.com. Thanks for joining me and have a great week.